You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Every week we always end up on a topic before we start doing the thing. This week's was your chair being too low and my chair not being in the right place. But apart from that, we were talking about uh, airport movies. No, Airport 75, Airport 77, and Airport 79, the Concorde. Is that right? Or is it, was it 78? Concorde, Airport 79. Right. I think um, it was the name of the third one there. And we just want to, I just want to say how awesome those movies are. After watching the trailers. We just Actually, watch don't the watch the trailers because they ruin the entire movies, especially that one we just saw. If you've never seen them, don't yeah. watch the trailers. Um, but if you have not seen these movies, you, you should. And I was just saying, you know, there's not enough of those disaster movies today, like... I, I was saying somebody should remake them. You were saying, no, they shouldn't. No, of but course I, not. But I was saying, in my opinion, they should. Somebody should take one of those and just do a straight up, you know, not snakes on the plane. Let's be honest. Haven't we had enough? Do we actually need more plane crashes and burning buildings and crashing yes. ships? Why? Because I, I love those movies. I know. Just rewatch those then. That's what I'm saying. Well, it, well it, you know, I've seen those. I want to see some more. But it'd be the same movie. It'd be a, a group of people. And yeah, like and I'm saying Snakes on a Plane and... was just made, uh, yeah. you know, a couple of years ago. But that's not really what I'm after. I'm just after a straight up, you know, airplane disaster movie. We had but, Lost. But perhaps we're in a time of... You can uh, watch Lost. Perhaps we're in a time of not doing airplane disaster movies. Exactly. After, you know, what was it called? United 93. Um, I don't remember them. That was an airplane disaster movie, but that one was a bit That wasn't a disaster. That was terrorism. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why we should maybe lay off that, but watch the old ones. Old ones are are fine, but I've seen them all. I want some more as well. I think if you'd watch those again, you'd still get into them. Yeah. But after seeing that trailer, like a lot of things from the past, (laughs) it might not be as good as I remember, you know? When I was a kid... That oh, was when awesome. I was a kid, and I said when I watched them, they must. We only had like two or three channels, yeah. three, I think. So I would have only have seen them late at night, like on a Saturday night at one in the morning, and they probably got really chopped up, and probably. they had like a million commercials. So that's how I saw them. But I, I just remember being up close to the TV and just being like, "Oh my god!" But yeah, even if you don't manage to, I don't, I don't know if these movies are on DVD or not. I didn't have a look, but even if you. If you can't locate them to watch them, do watch the trailer. And we're not talking about airplane. No, airport. <laughs> yeah, airport is the reason airplane exists. Because exactly. In fact, somebody watched the disaster movies and were like thinking, this is just ridiculous and stupid, so let's make a spoof movie. These are the original real disaster movies. But anyway, that's um, we wanted to mention that. So let's move on to the show itself. Uh, it's Sunday, March the 1st. I didn't realize it was March the 1st until... Uh, Today. Right now? <laughs> Interesting. Right this minute? Uh, this is after the show number 59, the movie review show where we review a movie every week. Um, and this week's movie is Blindness on DVD. Now, this is weird because I wrote Blu-ray up there, but obviously not. This uh, is a movie that didn't get a Blu-ray release for some reason. Not sure why. Economics? Probably. Not sure why because I think it would have been a good film for Blu-ray because... It's got a visual thing. Well, we'll mention that afterwards. Anyway, it's a 2008 movie. It's um, It was on DVD Tuesday, February the 10th, so a couple of weeks ago. You can pick it up now. It's from our friends at Miramax and Disney, and you're going to tell us what it's about. It is about... Well, the name of the movie is Blindness. Blindness. That kind of says it all. 
there is at the heart of it is a couple, a man and woman. Um, all around them, there is something happening where everyone's starting to go blind. And she, and you can find this out from the trailer, I'm not spoiling anything, she is, she doesn't get it. And she doesn't go blind. And it is deeper than all of that, obviously. You know, it's a story about, uh, well, it's too deep to go into, really. Because you can have a million interpretations, right? But at the heart of it is, like, these people are quarantined and disposable and the world kind of is falling apart around them and what happens to people if your social structure falls apart do we turn you know what really happens it's kind of a regurgitation of other stories but i would love to read the book and that's that's it's it it's based on a book by jose san saramango saramago and it becomes like an ensemble movie where there's a, a core of people who you come to get to know and they kind of stick together and go through these horrible Horrible, horrible experiences. You know, so let me uh, start with... Um, I saw the trailer of this movie some time ago. In fact, this is an interesting movie. Um, There's just a little story behind this movie. We, uh, do you remember the movie Smart People? I do. Well, the DVD actually had some tickets to go and see this movie. So we took the little tokens out of the Smart People DVD and Blu-ray. We printed them out. We waited for the movie to come on the cinema... And then it didn't come because it got delayed in some way. The distributor delayed the movie. And then about two months later, it did come in the cinema. And when we looked at our tickets, the tickets had expired. Right. And there was never any, like... We never tried, let's no, be No, we, did, we didn't try, but I'm assuming once a ticket's expired, you're screwed if you go to a cinema with it. I would say in a normal circumstance, but we never asked. So you never know. But they, anyway, they're the ones that delayed it. We didn't get to see it in the cinema, so this is our first time. And, and I did see the trailer of this several times. Now, this is one of those cases where I think the trailer does the movie a disservice because I don't think the trailer really conveys what the movie is. I agree completely. And the movie's a lot more than the trailer. The trailer just shows you, like, the sensationalist bit. Like, here's, like, a... Is like a disaster. Uh, end like of the any world other, movie like kind of I Am deal. Legend, yeah, like, like uh, Twenty Eight Days Later. It shows well, you this, this stark, um, big images of it. You know, one person's not blind and everybody is, and people roaming the streets and cars crashing, and it uh, it's a lot more than that. Yeah, in fact, it's um, completely not what I was expecting. So, it, in that way, it was uh, when I started watching the movie. Yes, the beginning was kind of like the trailer, mm-hmm. but as soon as it started, I was like. Okay, this this isn't what I expected. I expected big set action pieces at some point, and but that's not what it is. Mm-mm. It's a quiet um, kind of character piece. That's kind what of it like is. a low, slow boil movie because you're constantly a little bit on edge. It's uncomfortable. And, oh, it's uncomfortable. It's gross sometimes. I mean, the movie's not gross. It's got it's got graphic scenes. Let's say yeah. It's got graphic sexual it's scenes. It's got graphic. Implied scenes. And yeah, some well, they're implied. Images. So it's implied so much it actually gets under your skin. Oh, I was totally. watching some of it, going, "Oh my!" I said to you, "This this movie is right." Really, let's go up. ahead and talk about the story. Like, obviously, they in the trailer you see the guy's a doctor. Ruffalo's a doctor. He ends up going blind. His wife's not blind, and of course, they get kind of shut shuttled off to like be quarantined because until they can figure something out. Right, okay. right. You you're under the impression of that, but they're actually just abandoned in yeah. a way. But we don't know what's going on in the world. That's one of the things I love about it. You're very isolated. 
yeah, you, you don't, don't have a connection no, of not even news reports. No, no, no. You just have some 1950s looking dude on a replay on a looped video telling them how to behave and what to do in their in confinement. And so they, really and they confined in this that. old hospital uh, looking like a, horrible, yeah, like kind an, of mental an asylum looking yeah. thing. But it was a hospital, obviously. Yeah. But it was that's what it is, and the tone of the movie. The story combined with the circumstance, everything that happens, you know it's commentary on humanity. Oh, yeah. And, but and, it can well, be interpreted good. loads of ways. Not good. No, I mean, uh, well-told commentary. Yeah, well-told, but Not really good. bad. No, yeah, the, the humans are messed up. And, and Cause it makes, But it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Like, you imagine if things did start falling apart, do people really revert to being just animals? Because like some savages. would. You know jerky people, some people. So of course, because there's different... And, and this movie examines different factions of our society, as in, like, yes, there are these straight and narrow people who do a job, are, are good to everybody, you know. You the know, leader. The, and then there are the criminal people, and then there are the, you know, fucked up people. There's yeah. different layers of people. And just and, because they're all pit, they're all, they've all gone blind... Doesn't make them any different. It doesn't make them any better. It doesn't make them poor victims. And in the case of the woman, Julianne Moore, her personality is what we get from the very beginning is... Maybe she's already a little bit sort of frustrated with their and life. You, you said that boring. Julianne Moore, can, she's the only person who doesn't contract it. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the trailer, she yeah, says. Yeah. In the trailer, uh, she says, I'm the only thing sure. worse than going blind in a world full of blindness or something is being the only one who can see, something like that. But her trade in the beginning is, she she seems to be trying really hard, but maybe not real happy. She's kind of a caretaker, maybe seems a little bit frazzled and not weak, but kind of... Hmm. And then through the movie, you get to see what does this bring out in her, you know, ultimately, and her husband as well, and... Each person, I think, is really well drawn out, even even though there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's loads of people in it. And there's a lot of, um, like, specific people, so you can get a different dimension of, like, how other, how different people handle it. Mm-hmm. But everybody kind of handles it the same. But, you know, these people stick out, criminals and, you know, good people who care for other people there's somebody who can't cope with it and doesn't kid, want to cope with you know, it yeah there's how, kid how would a kid there. cope with it you know and and it also um there's a lot of things the movie brings up i think it's a very clever movie obviously a clever book right but it obviously brings up a, a lot of things like i've said to you before we've had a discussion before where i've said if you was to go blind if if there was a choice you know you got some horrible thing you're either going to be blind or be deaf which one would you choose kind of thing no, and I careful because you might offend some people. No, here. I'm not offending anybody. <laughs> what I'm saying is, I think personally, in my opinion, blindness is the worst one, especially if you've already seen. If you've never seen and you're blind, then you know it's hard. But you've nothing, no reference. But you've actually seen everything. And I mean, so wouldn't that mean then you've been lucky to have seen everything? Yes, obviously. But what I'm saying is, if you had, if if all of a sudden you don't see everything, like you wake up tomorrow and you don't, it's it's I I can't even imagine it. I'm closing my eyes now. I'm going to do the rest of the podcast with my eyes. Closed. Yeah, and closing your eyes <laughs> doing the podcast is fine, but closing your eyes and making dinner or whatever, <laughs> no, no kidding. or going oh, for God. a you know anything like going. I was going to say going for a crap or a pee like or 
you know. We take a lot of things for granted. So I can't even do it. I gotta open my eyes. So this movie, you know, it really, you know, because it takes these characters and it really shows you how difficult it is for them because these are people who are just normal day to day life, fine, and then one day they're blind, and then it shows it even shows you down to like they just can't walk down a straight corridor. Right, and you know? I think it. I mean, it's not really showing us what it's like to be blind because they're in an extreme no, situation. No, to show <laughs> what something like this could do to people, you know. Because re- sight is that, is it, isn't it? You know, everything. Like, like when you see the, the society breaking down in this movie, you know, cars are no longer useful. Correct. Because um, nobody can drive anymore. Um, just everything just is... Be- there, there are several instances of nudity because nobody, it doesn't matter. Nobody else can and see I, it. And I was also thinking advertising on the bill. Everything. Everything yeah. is a, made for a visual world. Because there was buildings with advertising on them. And I was thinking... You know, that's completely redundant now in this world. You know, so it's it's you know television. That in fact, there was a funny uh, Matt Ruffalo said at the beginning when they walked into the when they put them into the quarantine and there's a TV. Oh yeah. There's a TV showing a guy talking. You know, like a informational film, mm-hmm. and she's and she says, uh, "Yeah, it's a video." You, you you know, and he says, "Right, what kind of stupid people would put a video on for blind people in a in a quarantine you know, blind?" So I'm saying it's like a, there's a lot of things being said, a lot of social commentary, I guess. And then at some point he asks a question and says, "Everybody who wants to do this, raise your hand." And yeah. like everybody raises their hand, and he goes, "Okay." Because <laughs> yeah. then you, it dawns on you, you might not be thinking it, and then don't, no one can see except for no. her. And like she, and they all then put their hands down real slow, like they automatically did it, and nobody knows who's raising their hand. And it, and it starts off like I'm not going to say light-hearted, but kind of. Even though everybody is losing the... I get the feeling, you know, these people think, well, you know, the government have got this under the control. We're all coming here. This will be sorted out. Like, mm-hmm. And then as the weeks progress and nothing's really happening, I feel that breakdown as the movie goes on. It's really a slow thing, but it it gets to a point where, you know, people are shitting on the floor and... It's kind of gross, isn't it? Like It's really gross because then even watch the extras and quickly one of the actresses of course they blindfold all the actors and actresses to teach them the kind of the physicality of it and everything. And when she's got a blindfold on and she's like have I need to go to the bathroom and the director or somebody's telling her or whoever it is says it's down the hall back where we started and she's like, "Oh, all the way back there." And she knew she had to wear a blindfold and she's like, "I'll just stay here." And I said to you, because if you're watching the movie and think, oh, yeah, right, like everybody's just going to start pissing on the floor. Well, if you have no idea where you are or where to go and everybody's freaking out, and I'm not saying I would just go piss or shit on the floor, but I mean, it explains you might you. you're completely lost. Like, I can't find a sink. I, there is no bucket. There is no nothing. And there's also the... And people are... The mental, the mental state of everybody is... I think the mental state of up. people at that point as well is like... Okay, they told me to come in here, the, whoever. These people told me to come here and they'd look after me. But I'm in here and they're not feeding us properly and nobody's telling us anything. Like yeah. it, and but maybe at some point they're just going to come and we'll get out of here. So it doesn't matter how we... We're not, we don't have to like live I have here. to explain, there's no getting out of... Like if people might, people might think, oh, they could... Can't they just leave? They're quarantined. And there's soldiers with guns around the outside of it. So, and they're not afraid to use them. No. So, you know, it's an interesting... I find it a really interesting... Um, 
Kind of that little seg- what I just said there reminded me of Doomsday a little bit. But you yeah, guys watched I last week. Watch Doomsday. Where they quarantine the whole country and like lock them in and have the guards and like yeah, because they don't know what to do. Like they know right, exactly. That- this is how we solve this problem. And this blindness is obviously very contagious, and because the people who are all um, getting it are people who have contract, you know, been mm-hmm. in touch with each other. So the government would know as much as it was a contagious thing. Oh, they tell the soldiers to stay away from them and stuff. So, but you know, we're kind of hopeless. I'm, I'm thinking like you know, totally. If, there's this fragile. illusion of fragile. Everything's fragile. And there's an illusion of society, like the government. They know what to do. If anything happens, they know what to do. Like, people think that, you know. But really, I mean, if everybody went blind tomorrow, would our government know what to do? Let's use a couple no. of real-life examples. 9-11 kind of threw government for Yeah, nobody knows what to do, do Katrina in New Orleans kind of threw... So, you, if you've lived through those horrible, horrible things, you might not have the illusion, the delusion that we have. About government coming to oh, the Oh, no, we don't. I don't so you might the, be watching this movie and go, yep, that's exactly how it is. They I was going to say, I don't have it. the delusion, because when you saw Katrina and how badly it was yeah. being handled, you understand. But now we really haven't have lived it to feel that feeling. To, to Like if right now something disastrous would happen right around, you would have in your mind someone is coming. Helping, yeah. Someone is someone who totally. is organized and has a routine and has a thing. And in this movie, that's part of another thing you can layer on top is that you know, Julianne more particularly, and her husband's a doctor. And the funny thing is, he's a vision doctor. He's an eye doctor. Optometrist. Yeah, optometrist. And um, that there's just this little sense of, not hope, because it's really bleak, but, okay, you know, we're just going to muddle through until... Until they open the doors. Until, until, yeah, until exactly. Because that's the impression I got at the beginning, that we're all, well, we're just... You know, she says, "Oh, this place. You don't really, you don't really want to see this place because she can see." And she says to him, "Yeah, you don't really want to see this. It's not a very nice place." But you know, it's just temporary, and you get that feeling. Everybody's like, "Yeah, you know, this is for a few days until they, until this wears off or it's gone." <laughs> but I guess like one movie where they kind of go the what would you call this kind of thing? It's not like epidemic or something. Epidemic kind of thing, but in um, Children of God, Children of Man. Where everybody's come to accept that. Yeah, Children of Men's another one that's... This is, like, because in Children of Men, reproduction has stopped. Yeah. There are no more pregnancies, no women are... There's nothing, right? So everyone has accepted that. And the life, the world is sort of rotating around that. The whole societies are all, like, like they've tucked into it. In this one, you still have that, like, what the... What are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. What, you know, what's going to happen? And it's also in your mind all the time in this movie, because you can relate to it. You can just close your eyes and, like, think... You know, close your eyes and walk around your house. And you understand how difficult it is. Like, it's impossible almost. You, you're going to fall down the stairs. I think you would adapt, or, but, I mean, you... Yeah, but, I mean, if I put a blindfold on you and you had to fumble around the house for a few days, you'd probably hurt yourself at some point. You'd end up down the stairs or... You can't leave... Some, you can't get out of our house without going downstairs. Exactly. So, that, so you're going <laughs> to hurt yourself or something. Um, and think about chopping up your dinner. Think about making a boiling hot cup of tea. Um, think about simply taking a shower. And I said to you, if you're completely blind, right, and you just are—I mean, there are people who have been blind their whole life, or people who have adapted and they get through their daily life and they're independent. But mm. if you were to walk, just walk, 
And then it's uh, walking down the street or walking, you know, across a park or something. And then someone were to stop you and then you kind of turn and talk to them. And then you get in a discussion and you turn to talk to this other person. How do you know how you're oriented anymore? And you want to keep going the way you, you were no going. That That's simplest thing that we don't even don't even consider, like, at all. I totally, totally don't. Well, it's the same as anything, right? Your hands take them for granted. But the eyesight, yeah, it's a... Oh. One of the things I wanted to mention about the movie, too, is, like, um, like what these, you know, blind people, blind people in society say that everything's black. Well, these people mm. can only see white. They right. see a whiteness. In like this, a weird, in milky white. Yeah, yeah. With um, when you see it, it's kind of got figures Images. moving in it and stuff. Yeah. Um, but they're not really seeing anything; just a bright white all the time. Uh, so that's a bit different. I want to also mention this: a, the look of this movie is really interesting. Um, it is really white a lot of the time, like over overblown white, where it's kind of hurts your eyes. Which is, you know, mm-hmm. another movie. I was just, you know, when I was talking about movies about blindness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Oh, yeah. There's another movie that um, is a brilliant It's movie. not about blindness. It's about being able... Nothing moves on his whole body except no, his but, left eye. Well, I just keep remembering um, them trying to get... When he was Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, this movie has this overblown white... That movie was the opposite. He only could see out of one eye. And nothing else would move. He no, couldn't move he or move talk or anything. Yeah. But anyway, uh, it has this overblown whites, and in the dark scenes are real crushed blacks. So... You feel like you're fighting with blindness yourself a lot of the time because a lot of the dark scenes are stuff's implied, violence and things like that. And a lot of the really bright stark scenes you also aren't seeing properly because it's too bright. So I thought that was... An, and he also uses this weird three-camera technique where he talks about where one camera is like the narrative camera, as he says, the straight-up like Hollywood kind of camera. And then there's these two other kind of guerrilla filmmaking cameras that are like in weird places or behind pieces of glass or just to make things look. And I, I thought I pulled it off because there was times where, you know, these real crushed black scenes where there's actually no detail. It's just like a this this shadowy figures moving about. It kind of put me in mind in a weird way of the beginning of Irreversible, which we've talked about yeah, really yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Where he's going down in that club that's like kind of little hubs of like hor- like really nasty sexual stuff going on. This is the scene you're talking about. And like yeah. in there you're seeing it. Yeah. But yeah. I'm thinking if you blurred those scenes, I think we can mention you know what's going about on. this film anyway. This the scene I'm just talking about, you know. Don't talk uh, about this it. it's kind of a spoiler. Should we just say spoiler mm. and talk about it? I guess. Okay, so spoiler. If, Sexual aggression. We'll yeah, put it that there, way. there's some rape scene. There's there's a fairly graphic rape scene where there's men in one part of the hospital raping women from another part. It, in like a group sex scene too. It's they're not like all separate rooms or anything. Everybody's just yeah. doing it all. And it's, it's. I wouldn't have told people that, but. Well, I'm saying spoiler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, I thought it was really. Um, creepy actually during that part of the movie i turned to you and said this movie's really fucked up like because <laughs> i can't believe they've actually gone there i mean and yes and the director uses this style where you don't particularly see what's going but you do because there's there's a guy punching a woman in the face while he's in the but the thing is like it's from a book and this guy was desperate to make this movie to please the man who wrote the book 
not just no, he wanted to respect like, this guy, right? He wanted, he said, when I'm making this movie, I want him to like it. Yeah. So he can't pull out parts, be like a, like a wuss and like pull out the parts that are the strongest character building elements of the whole story. Well, I because think that, that is a real... being blind is one thing. And then being subjected to starvation, to aggression, to violence, all those things have to be there. So that is another layer that when these characters, as they move beyond that, it's it's in them. You know, yeah. regardless of what happens, that's one thing you have to remember. This is part of them now. So, so I think I'm glad he didn't not I know, do it. Also, what I was getting at is like, um, it's not it's not a movie for the faint of heart because like it is quite disturbing in parts. I think just disturbing. Not that you just see all that stuff, because you don't particularly. It's Mm-mm. kind of shadowy, but just it's in your mind. Y- yeah, you see enough for for you to. And that guy, the creepy kind of guy, just casually saying to that woman, yeah. "What do you want me to do to your nipples?" Because he's raping the woman, but in a real nice, weird, like he's being a gentleman about it. It's odd. It's, oh man, I was like, that scene was like genius. That guy who plays that, I was like fuck that's really messed up but like real he plays it in a real refrained way it's odd but that, I think that was the most messed up part of that scene not mm. the guy smacking the woman in the head it was that like I was like ugh creepy very and um but yeah it's not for the faint of heart if you're um if you, if you might like think this is just gonna be a straight up like oh there's this blindness thing in fact that's don't that, watch it with your grandma I think that's what I was saying <laughs> at, at the beginning don't that, watch it with your teenage kids no. Don't watch it with your wife if she's very sensitive. Well, what I was saying at the beginning was that the trailer definitely does not portray what the movie is. Oh, no. Because the movie's... When we said it's much more, it's actually... It's, it's more raw. Yeah, than... yeah. And it, and it comes across like as a big glossy Hollywood flick to me in that um, trailer. Or like an intellectual traumatic... Yeah. Like Children of Man, you know, kind of thing where... And that does... You know, I mean, that's well, more intellectual really... than this one. This one, I mean, this one is, but I mean, no, you, get the, yeah. you get more visceral, ugh, like, yeah. But, um... And the filth and the grime and the how it is. The, when... And the oppression of it, like, how it feels. Um, like oh, I said totally. To you, I, you feel, um, dirty. I feel dirty, like... In oh, the, I totally... When, when you look at her clothes... Yeah. And the bottoms of her pants are all grungy, you know that's shit. And how and smelly that place is. And vomit and everything else. Oh, my God, yes, I thought of that. Like I did, too. Particularly when they're, the sex scene, I'm thinking, oh, after... And who, we, there's no concept of time. There's no idea how much time is passing. We don't know. No, no, you, not you really. You think it's weeks... I mean, no one ages like Don't the kid really doesn't all of a sudden turn up to be like. 15 I, get, I got the feeling it was, oh, months. I don't know why. Me. I just got the feeling it was like six months or something. Like I didn't feel like it was five years or anything. No, 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 no. Because no, the like kid would have grown months. up yeah. more. I think that would have been this, but months at least. You and know. in that time, just imagine the daily. Ugh. But overall, um, before we go on to the cast movie, for me, I really, really thought it was good. It's not 100% enjoyable. Like I said, it's kind of disturbing. Makes you feel a bit weird. Um, makes you think a lot, which is good. Always good for a movie. Um, so, yeah. Because I, I expected kind of a little. I knew it was by, you know, this director. And I knew that he was good. But I didn't really expect because of that trailer. I expected. And then this was like exactly what I, you know. Like, 
one of the better films of last year when I'm thinking of films I saw last year. You know, like from films from last year. Like really high up there. Yeah, know? it's very meaty. Like you, I felt like it was really long, which I love. Yeah, I think it was you about know? two hours ten minutes maybe. And it was, con- it, maybe two hours. It's hard to describe when a movie totally satisfies you. Like you said, you're not sitting there going, "Oh, that was great, no. that was great," or you're not sitting there going, "Like, oh my god, I'm depressed." You're just—it's just kind I of. Th- I think like when we watched Changeling the other week, you know. Yeah. That was a satisfying movie. But it's not overall in- enjoyable because it's kind of horrific and and kind of awkward and not horrific, but I yeah, guess horrific. That it taps in more to the voyeuristic thing that the director actually mentioned. You know, where voyeurs were watching and she's watching all these people. She's the only one who can see them, and she feels bad about it sometimes. That's kind. Maybe that's the vibe we're getting. Like we're actually watching something. Maybe we shouldn't sometimes, especially the. Oh, definitely. And then because it's not you're you forget you're watching. You're being supposed to be entertained because you're not. You're like this. Oh. No, it's it's completely uncomfortable and completely. Uh, what do you call that? Like, I'm immersed in the story completely in a story like that. But it, in a but this like one that. has this thing where it makes you feel like it's pushing down on you or something. To me, like I'm being like, you know, oh my god, this is really hard to. It's kind of hard to watch in parts. Not because it's graphic or anything, just because. Oh my god, this is like such a bad situation, you know? Yes. And I don't even know if I could handle it as a person. Like, if I, it was me. I think you and I would be, in, would be similar roles as this couple. Because I think when the shit hits the fan, I'd be pretty... <laughs> seriously. I'd be, you know, I'm one of the, like, you know, take charge-ish kind of person. And, uh... It's you, pretty good. You would be the guy fixing all the computers. <laughs> <laughs> that nobody can see. <laughs> you'd be, you're, you're, I'd be breaking you'd be out. Like, you'd be like gathering up all these electronic things and dragging them over in the corner, and then you'd just be over there mumbling to yourself. Like <laughs> I'd be breaking out the text to speech. Um, you'd be plugging in stuff and just be mumbling like, "Oh, this motherboards, blah blah blah." This, this, and I'd be over there bossing everybody around. But anyway, let's move on to the cast. Uh, so we've got the Julianne Moore, who I absolutely find amazing. Um, I don't know what you think of her. I've, Yes, and in a weird way, it's one of those things I was thinking, should I admit this or not? But in this circumstance, it's horrific and everything, but I found her unbelievably sexy. And I have no idea why. I don't know if it was... No, just she just is. Her char- no, I mean, the her everything about her, the way she... Yeah, sure. She's just gorgeous, and you know. she's it's really bare bones here. We're not talking... She didn't wear any makeup Oh, or no, anything. no. And she's in shit-covered clothes, and her hair is... You know, she's got bloodshot eyes, and but still, I was just really anyway, enamored uh, with her. An interesting thing about the uh, movie as well is everybody in the movie doesn't have a name, um, mm-hmm. so we I don't. Love that. Nobody's John or Jane or, or Peter or Paul. She's the doctor's wife. She's right? doctor's wife, yeah, and I think she really did it did well because you know she she was the only person in the movie you can see, um, so her role is a meaty role because there's. She stands out because of it, and she can also, you know, not everybody, one thing we want to say is not everybody knows that she can see. Oh, no, no, it's, yeah. Like, it's a, kind of a secret. But um, So then there's Mark Ruffalo as the Doctor. Um, I, I generally don't, not really into him, but I thought he did a good job here, because there was no, I didn't feel, like, sometimes he plays like a sappy, um, romantic kind mm-hmm. of thing. 
this I felt, yeah, really serious and really into the role, you know? Really, and because because of the circumstance, well, you see their relationship before, and he's sort of this sort of disconnected doctor, um, very cold, but lovey. Like, she loves, love you, and he's like, I love you, but there's something there. There's something missing, and you don't know, it's not explained or anything like that. It's not even obvious. I'm really into that first scene, But then as the movie goes... He kind of becomes useless, not because he's blind. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I'm saying, I'm yeah. It's not because he's blind. It's because in there is like a thing about their relationship where he doesn't, he takes kind of charge of the group and yet he's just, he's disconnected from that too. And she's more the, she doesn't take charge and yet she is the glue that holds everything together. It's an interesting, and I thought he did a brilliant job of not being overbearing and not being wussy and not being, you know... And that scene at the beginning was just um, where he comes home from work and she's making a tiramisu and she's blending it while he's saying something important and she's they're not really listening to each other nope. and and he doesn't, he, he says he thanks her for the flan or whatever and it, she says it was, it's the kind you of... You can tell she worked really hard on it. Yeah, but it. they're on different wavelengths. She completely. sits it down and she yeah, can put her hands up yeah. like, ta-da, and he just looks at it. And then he says thanks for the pie or the flan and she says it wasn't that, it was terrible. Yeah, and, and, and she doesn't really listen to what he, you know, it's all... Yeah, and he goes, he goes, oh, what is, I wanted to tell you something, I forget, and she goes, thank you for dinner? No, no, that's not And it. then she's like, oh. And then he doesn't... Changing the sub... It's, yeah. It's all, it's, that's, it, that whole scene just totally, um, it's good writing because it totally... You understand exactly where they're at. You like. totally... She's yeah. a caretaker. He's the dismissive, maybe. But not in an evil way or anything. He's he's decent. He's just, you know... I so, thought they did a good job. So then third, we've got Danny Glover as Man with the Black Eye Patch. <laughs> That's his actual official title. He's Danny Glover. I thought he was... He didn't really have much of a role, to be no. honest. It was only a little... few parts. There was, an, there was the scene where he was getting his hair washed I really liked. Yeah. Because it was... It was very touching. You know, and... Yeah. Um, you know, and he, he wasn't like he was in Shooter. He's like the wise old man, though, because he's the one that brings the radio and then gives yeah. us a little narration over sort of the progression of how things were happening. And I was been look- listening to the radio. I was also looking forward to me being able to say, Danny Glover, too much mumbling. But he didn't actually mumble so No, much. he didn't. Shooter, mumbling. This, not so much mumbling. <laughs> You can rewind, no mumbling. Then there's uh, Alice Braga as the woman with the dark glasses, who mm. I really liked. Oh, now, yes. She was... You want to explain what mm. woman in the dark glasses is? Not really. No. She was really good. She's really I don't really good. know who she is, but I liked her. I've seen her before, but I don't know where. Then there was Sandra Oh as the Minister of Health. I wrote her down on the thing, but literally it was like 30 seconds of a part. Yeah, I really yeah. like Sandra Oh, though, so I just wanted to... She gives... I mean... Her presence lets you know she's a she's person of authority. Of yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there's nothing to really no. grade her on or anything, is there? Um, then there's this is a hard one. Gail Garcia Bernal as bartender slash king of mm-hmm. Ward Three. Really liked him. No idea who he is. And you didn't like his character though. You, no, you I were, like, hated his character. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. really bad because he's like he 
is like the instigator of things bad. Like he's that's just who he is. Like you get the impression that they could have held everything together if everyone was a decent. Yeah, like the Ruffalo guy. Yeah, not just that. I mean, their little group when they first start, it's just the wife and the husband, and then there's like three more people, and then there's like twenty people, and then it becomes you don't know how many people there are at some point. At you know, we, we cross a line at some point, and then this guy. Is the one who starts being like, who are you to tell us what the fuck to yeah, do? Yeah, and he blah, also, blah, 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 he's know? also like, you know, I'm here, the same as these people. I've, he's obviously got bad bones in his body. And he's just like, I can make some money out of this or something. Something, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, get what I want. Feel good about myself by being the bully. And as soon because as Because before, he's a bartender. Yeah, so exactly. Feel like, like he gets the shit kicked out of him in life, and now he's kind of turning it around. You know, I'm king of. I'm like he said. I'm the king of Ward Three. Like, um, I tell you what. Yeah. Why? This why isn't not? a democracy. Why me? It's a monarchy, and what I'm the king of. Well, exactly. Why not me? Why you? You know, why you? You're a doctor. I don't care. I'm a bartender. I'm the king. You know. Like he likes the idea of chaos. Yeah, and some of the things that come out of his mouth just makes you want to kill him. Like, and that's that makes him that made him compelling. That's why I thought he it played it brilliantly too. And there were some scenes where where I was like totally him and the other we will mention in a minute. In fact, the other guy, Maury Chaikin, as the accountant. Now he's an interesting character because he is actually a real. Now he's. <laughs> I mean, he's a blind guy. His character is actually his character blind. was actually blind. So, his whole life. So there's an interesting um, move on it because a real blind guy already... It's not actually a disability to him because he's already... Yes, we think about it. The king guy, right, is the leader of that ward and his sidekick, if you will, or whatever, his second-in-command is a blind man who has an advantage because he's blind. He knows how to live that way. And then on the other side, you have Mark Ruffalo, who's the leader guy. Who's got a, a sighted, sighted, one. sighted yeah. one. So you have, like, the actual opposites of... And this Maury Chaikin, I thought he played the part really well, but that scene where he was asking the woman about the nipples, like I said, very in a very polite, weird... Um, yeah. I thought he... You know what? It's what a hard scene <laughs> to do. It makes me quiet because it's just like, oh. You know, fuck people who think that violence and sex need to go together. They need to have just put in a bag and taken to a river somewhere and drowned. Well, you know. <laughs> no hats, violence. Hats no violence, to, of course, involved. But I'm just but hats off to this guy because that was a good performance, I thought. And, and Oh, yeah. You know, his performance overall, I was creeped out by him completely all the time. <laughs> He's always creepy, though, isn't he? He is, but in this... When you're looking at that, sub, what what was happening with... And when you think behind that, the idea that here's this man who's been blind his whole life, right? Yeah. Now he's put in a situation, at a disadvantage, probably been um, at that disadvantage, if you call it that. But the whole world around him lives one way, and here he is maybe off to the side being the blind man, right? Now he's in a situation where the playing field is even. He's just one of the crowd. And he chooses... To be a dickhead, which means he probably always was a dickhead, and just because he's blind doesn't make him a decent... And he's also... He was an accountant in real... Yeah, exactly. So he's adding up all the crap that they steal from everybody in. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway... He does a good job, because you you want to... You just despise him. It's disgusting. And then, uh, this this movie's actually directed by Fernando Morales, who's the director of The Constant Gardener, which was brilliant, and City of God, which was even more brilliant. Yeah. Um, City of God is one of those movies. I saw it probably six, seven years ago. Totally sticks in my mind. Like it, 
Was made it that an, long ago? Yeah, it was quite a long time ago. It's an, it made an impression on me. Maybe five years ago. Probably. But anyway, um, it's one of those movies that always made an impression on me. Because it was... I thought we saw it when we were here. Super detail. No, no, no. Definitely not. City of God. Isn't that the one with the kids in the city on the side of the... Correct. Like the what favelas. Yeah, it wasn't six years ago. It was. Not when I saw it, anyway. We saw it when it came on DVD, because we reviewed it. And it was... 2006. That's my prediction. Two. Constant Gardener was 2005. We saw it probably... Uh, I would say we, we reviewed it quite a long time ago. It was... Well, anyway, whatever, t- whatever length of time it was, doesn't really matter. That was when it was made. It um, matters, because one of us is right and one of us is wrong. <laughs> well, it was made in 2002. I would say it came out in 2003 on DVD. Um, that was when we saw it, because I remember getting it and seeing it. Anyway, that movie, Lasting Impression, this guy... One of the great directors, I think. Because those three movies... I mean, he's only made those three movies. Those. I think it's a combination of him, he, and his cinematographer. Because yeah. it seems to me like they're... Real, and I think, and um, their producer, they've all worked together. To, yeah, you know, Constant Gardner also had the same kind of mm-hmm. style to it. And so did City of God. Um, and he, kind of like this dream reality. It's not desaturated necessarily in color and all that texture and is. stuff. But it not really. I mean... It this is, one is. It's a little bit, but and yet it's not. It's not grayed out like the like the last couple that we've discussed that have the desaturation thing. It's just, and then it has little camera shots where it has like a little bit of a wiggle or a little bit of where the voice sounds like it's far away, kind dream of like, like a dream, but for a split second. You get a lot of that, Constant Gardener, and in this one, but not much. It's not overdone. It's just, you know, and that it's appropriate for this movie because you would think if you're in that situation. Is this just a bad dream? So it kind of gives you that weird unsteadiness. But anyway, I, I know he's, there's only three movies here. He has made another couple, but we've never seen... You know, they were... Um, well, I don't know what nationality is, but I don't even think they were released here. But anyway, those three... those th- These three movies are amazing. All yeah. three of them. So, you know. Anyway, um, this movie is odd. It, it was, like I say, DVD only. Yeah, inside the box. There's like a Blu-ray instruction sheet. like how to use Blu-ray. <laughs> No way. <laughs> yeah. This is like how to use the menus on a Blu-ray disc. That's hysterical. But anyway. Uh, worst disc ever. Disc art? None. Um, really bad cover, I really thought. Really bad. Really bad. Because it should be white. It should just be white with blindness. Yeah. Uh, in fact, In black, that weird... Blur yeah. it out. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. um, that would look amazing, wouldn't it? But no. But right so, now it just looks like some Photoshop cheap, man crappy... <laughs> oh my god. I'm it's, so disappointed. It's really bad. Anyway... <clears throat> And it's an ensemble piece, and they didn't put everybody on it. Um, anyway, it's a DVD only. It looks all right, I thought. I think it's fine on blue DVD because it's just that kind of movie. It doesn't need to be in Blu-ray, in my opinion. Um, I I'll kind of disagree, but... Um, <laughs> Shock. I've not really watched a DVD for a while, but I actually thought it looked pretty good. Um, compare, you know, I mean, we watch a lot of Blu-ray. I actually thought this one looked pretty How good. How could it be improved? Because the look of the movie is meant to be a bit distressed. No, I'm saying some movies look really pretty bad, pixely and all that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. None of that was happening with this one. Oh, no. Um, also, this movie contains a couple of bonus features. Uh, the first one being A Vision of Blindness, the Making of Blindness documentary. This was like an hour-long, uh, what you call it, fly on the wall? 
kind of no, produced it was a, a little film, bit. like a full yeah, like a film, film a documentary. Yeah. For it real. had had ca- had camera work. It had uh, effort put into it, and, and it was by the people who made the movie. Correct, um, you can is, tell. We you said at the end. It, I said, "Wow, that was really good extra." And you said, "Well, it makes a difference when somebody." Who... I said, "When uh, it, you can see the difference when a filmmaker makes an extra for a DVD, and just and then you said instead of a PR company, and yeah. that's totally true." And anyway, it goes through in great detail, actually, like from day one filming through the filming process. Um, lots of interviews with the, and lot all mostly all on set stuff where you they talk to all the cameramen and. They show you how they do the rain scene. You know, I thought it was really good. Oh, really good. Um, it's one of those ones where I feel like it was worth watching. Totally. Adds than, totally to the movie. Rather than talking heads going, yeah, yeah, it was great working with such a person. It was none of that. It was more... even. An, it felt like it was part of the movie experience for me. And then the second extra, which there was only two extras, the second one was deleted scenes with like um, a commentary but in text form. Uh, like a title card. Introduction. Yeah, yeah. It was it, it was kind of cool. Uh, I didn't. None of the deleted scenes struck me as being particularly no great. Um, but that's it. It's a DVD, and what, what more can we say <laughs> um, for the extras? Uh, so, in conclusion, I highly recommend this movie. I think it. I think because it's got this DVD only release, it kind of is under the radar. Probably, I don't think this probably got much advertising or anything like that. I uh, feel like, unfortunately, what you said about it, number one, the trailer doesn't tell you No, enough. that's one thing. Not that you want the trailer to tell you everything. No, Fine. but not Give to us a mislead teaser. you. Give us just a teaser, and then maybe, well, I guess there's nothing more you could do if we're going to complain about it. What else could you... You can't show the things that make it what it is. I think the trailer misleads you into, thi- into thinking it's one thing when it isn't. And but I think, what would you do to I don't know. That? I really don't know. It's hard, isn't it, with this kind of movie? So if you had a few people go see it, and, be, and plus it was delayed in its opening, so that probably put a lot of people and off I of it. And I feel that this probably is... The cover is totally misleading. Yeah, obviously. Um, and once people do start going to see it, and they don't react positively like we have, because you know there are going to be a large group of people who get to certain parts of this movie and go like, oh, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, it's... And then they're going to go and say to people, that sucked, man. That and then, was boring. And or then there's a lot of people who like films who are waiting for the next movie by this guy who would really dig it, right? Totally. But, um, I, do, I feel that it might have got undersold here like I um, agree. with this release, you know? I agree. Um, you know, there's no... It's not a direct cut. It's not like a double disc thing with any... It's just a bare bones. But if the movie itself hasn't drawn people, none of that extra stuff's going to make any difference. No... So I'm saying the movie's definitely worth watching. Yeah, the movie's totally worth watching. Um, and if you're if you're perusing your local blockbuster and you see that cover and you think, oh, that looks like a crap movie, it really isn't. The cover doesn't do it justice. Correct. Either. It's just like black with some black and white faces, and it says blindness in red. Yeah, and for me, right, when I picked that cover up in the uh, blockbuster, if I ever went to blockbuster, I do not. But if I did, <laughs> the Danny Glover with the eye patch on. I would be like, oh, I'm not buying that movie. I, I'm not into that, interested in that movie. Too much mumbling. <laughs> but anyway. And to put him on the cover is <clears throat> hysterical because yeah, really. he just has such a non... Not, not much, but there no. again, there is, there is, he's kind of pivotal in a way. Mm. But anyway, uh, overall, I highly recommend it. Um, I'm glad we keep getting these good movies to How watch. much is the DVD? Uh, I would imagine that one is... I want facts. Don't know, we'll have to tell you later. <laughs> there would be a nice if pause. The, if the 
DVD is in the twelve to fifteen dollar range, ten to twelve fifteen, even fifteen. I'd buy it. I would actually buy that one, and I know that's a shock. Even just the DVD. Well, that's all you're getting because there's no other. I'm saying though, normally I would complain and say the Blu-ray needs to be fifteen, but I would, I would buy this one. Blindness costs. This is the first place I went to. Uh, twenty-two ninety-nine. Hmm, a little high. Yeah. Well, with a movie like this. It might be twenty two ninety nine because it just came out. With these movies, you can, you can bet, you can bet money that in four to five weeks, oh sure, they're thirteen dollars or twelve dollars because they always go. Down. Oh, at our grocery store, there's a big bin full of ten dollar movies, and there are lots of like newish new releases in there, almost new. I'm gonna say three months old. And don't don't mistake this with the other movie called Hysterical Blindness. No, no, because no. how can how can a you know how can blindness be hysterical anyway? It's people just bumping into stuff. Mm, that's not funny. <laughs> I told you not to offend anybody or embarrass me in this one. Anyway, uh, movie recommend... Well, thank you to uh, Miramax and Disney for the uh, review uh, copy. Uh, moving on to movie recommendations. I, w- I thought, this is a movie about blindness. <laughs> I will pick some movies about blindness that I also like. Um, Daredevil being one of them. I think I've mentioned it before and said it's a good movie. It's a good movie about a blind guy. Secondly... About a blind guy. Don't just say he's a blind guy who's a superhero. Correct. <laughs> and uh, the other one is Scent of a Woman, which I've not seen for a long time, but I really love it. I really, and really love it. he's a blind it. guy who is not a superhero. No. He's a joke. Yes. So a joke. A good, good that, combination. That's, they're both really good movies. Yeah. Um, it, I just wanted to stick to the blind thing. My rec- yeah, thanks. And then my recommendation, I was going more with the idea that in this movie you get this group of people who... The overriding theme of the movie is how we can accidentally, casually, and in moments of our life, when we need to, start to depend on total strangers, you know, like cling to each other all of a sudden, that we wouldn't do in any day-to-day situation. And so I thought about some more ensemble or group things where people have gone through sort of adventures or something together, and the first one was Time Bandits. Because, the, you know, the dudes drop in and take the kid with them and then they go through all these things together and that's what, I don't know, it's not related at all in <laughs> the genre. I'm just saying, I just thought of a movie of a group of people who go out and have to stick together to get through what they're going through. I also don't think your second one's related in any way. And either. the other one is um, the Poseidon Adventure. It's related totally because it's a disaster of sorts. That people they have helping to get each through. other through something. A small group of people who don't know each other. And I'm talking adv- the original Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, not Poseidon. Not Poseidon with what's-his-face. but um, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Wasn't Kurt Russell in Yeah, he was in I think. And Fergie. And the dude. Not... Uh, Josh somebody. Yes. No, it wasn't horrible. We both agreed. It was average. It was really, the special effects of this thing getting tossed over, that was good. It was average. The set looked great. Yeah. But the movie itself. But the original, the Poseidon Adventure, excellent ensemble kind of movie where people are forced to get through a horribly traumatic situation. and It's campy and everything, yeah, but I mean... So there's our recommendations for this week. Uh, contest, just see the site for details. There's a couple of contests, three yes, contests going on. I don't have to think of a question. And next week's uh, review will be the long-awaited Milk. Because funnily enough, this week I was going to re- we were going to review Milk this week. We said at the end of last week mm-hmm. it'll probably be Milk, but then Milk didn't arrive till Thursday, and I'd already scheduled blindness, which I'm very glad I did. I bet you hated this week because you don't like things not to be scheduled exactly. I don't. 
Um, but anyway, milk, milk on Blu-ray will be next week. Okay, um, back to, back on schedule there. So uh, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that one too. I, I feel that we've had like a real good run of movies. Really good. Um, I don't know if milk's good, um, but I feel that we've got to hit a wall at some point where this is a movie we hate, right? We could, I could find you a movie I know you'll hate if you if that's what you want. I'm just saying. I'm saying I pick movies out. We review them. You could watch Survivor with me. Would that make you feel better about watching some crappy entertainment? Then you could go back to your good movies. I don't watch Survivor. <laughs> I don't watch Survivor. Okay, so moving on to games and A-Scully stuff, as we like still like to call it. Uh, the first thing I wanted to mention was, because it was Oscar night last Sunday, we did our podcast on Saturday, so we haven't discussed the Oscars. Let's just discuss the overall show. We know who won and lost mm-hmm. now. Um, you know, we're not the types to sit and go, so-and-so was robbed. I actually don't think like anybody that. was robbed. I think, you know, I hadn't seen all the movies yet. We will, you know, we're obviously seeing Milk next week. We'll see them all eventually. Um, I, I I, never have that feeling, oh, he was robbed or he was no. robbed. So, I, you know. Here's I, my mission for next year. This is my project. I will watch the documentaries, the shorts, and the short animation. You'll try. I, I no, can, I, I, get I'm putting my mind on it. How do you get them? Somebody's seen them? Yeah, you have to go and see them somewhere when they screen. I'll find them. Well, a lot of them play at uh, Ragtag Cinema, so they actually do. Oh, it's really? Before it or after? Just whenever. I'm, it doesn't matter if it's before or after. I'm saying I will see them because right. I get frustrated looking and thinking... I love those independent things. I love shorts. I love movies from other countries, and yet I never make the effort, so... That's my mission. For well, I, you can probably... Now, being after the Oscars fact, if you want to see those documentaries, you probably can. You a want, lot of them were just played this week at the film festival that was just 30 miles away, and I just couldn't go. Oh, for Oscar documentaries mm-hmm. played at that. But I, I'm sure they're out now, is what I'm saying. On DVD? I, I imagine so. I'll to look. Imports or whatever. I You'll might be able even join Netflix or Blockbuster Online just to get that I kind don't of stuff. Think, I don't know if you... I think you might have to import some of them. Especially, you know, stuff from... Some of those ones, whether from the Netherlands or whatever, you'll have right. to actually get them from that country. Yeah, but they'll be available. Now they will. I think with a region-free DVD player, you can watch them. Um, anyway, Oscar night. Uh, Hugh Jackman uh, presented. I loved it. I I loved him. Thought he was all right. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. A showman singing and dancing. Mm-hmm. I loved that he wasn't the focus of the show. They didn't steal the show. He did exactly kind of old school big numbers and stuff and he was really funny in the beginning in my opinion and I in my really opinion liked it. I um I'm not really into him anyway so that kind of tainted my uh think you know I, I, I've not really seen him in anything where I've really dug him anyway kind of you liked Kate and Leopold mm. <laughs> um you like Wolverine musical numbers you know I don't know yeah, but why can't you just get over that and enjoy it for what it is? I think I tried. I, I thought he was fine. It was fun. And then Andy, particularly, when he said, I'm Wolverine, it was like totally taking the piss out of what he was doing, and that's what made it so fun. It was just obvious to me and not particularly funny. Very obvious. Um, oh, we, we wouldn't want anything obvious to the funny, The funniest part for me, <laughs> and I, which I thought was extremely funny, was that he was doing songs about the the five nominated movies yeah. and when it came to the reader he just sang a song called I haven't seen the reader which I thought was really funny because yeah. like you know how do you yeah. make a funny song about the reader yeah <laughs> but that, that, I thought that was really funny um 
you know, and uh, I, the show in general, though, forgetting, forgetting Hugh Jackman, the way they presented the awards, I thought was brilliant and probably, like, the best one I've seen. Because they did this thing, if you didn't see it, where they bring five previous winners from the four a particular category. category. Just yeah. the four categories. Yeah, and then... Oh, no, all five. Stand those people up on the stage uh, with these real cool backdrops with big pictures of them. And then they give the award out to the next person who's going to join their little... Right. Each person talks directly... No, they're not saying it from their heart. They're reading no, it from, from a prompter. But I mean, they say it to the person who's nominated. So each person gets a little bit of a thing about themselves from somebody like Robert De Niro or Halle Berry, which I don't give a shit about. Yeah, her, all but kinds I mean, of people. <laughs> some people do. Real big, yeah. big names. like. And I, I really liked how it worked. And another, Sophia Loren. Another thing of note was uh, what I had to say was the set this year, how it completely changed, like, without... It's almost like magic. Because somebody will be talking. It's TV. No, I mean, it was like <laughs> without any cutaways sometimes. You, somebody's talking, and the next thing, the whole thing looks completely different. And you never saw it happen, really. Like It did make it more interesting. Yeah, like, they made it look like a prop uh, room at one point, with all, like, old antique stuff. But it was like it came out of nowhere, like it was <laughs> CG'd in or something, but it wasn't. No. But I, I really liked it, and they... Have this, uh, what are they call Sureski crystals. Uh, they... I have no idea. You said you heard that by in here. What are you talking about? I didn't about? hear it. I actually saw the making of the sets at the beginning. Um, Sureski crystals. But anyway, there was like a million crystals all strung together on these strands and they had them all hanging down. It took them like two months to fit so it all and up. So whenever they change the whole color of the they set. They can just shine a different color into these crystals and it makes the entire thing look that color. It was interesting. It was really... It a, did look good. Now we have to mention... And the whole thing was good. Well-timed. Every You know, thing were on time. Blah, blah, blah. But of course, the whole thing, what stands out to me is in the very beginning when, when they the start curtains. to open the curtains and to show something and the curtains won't open and you hear somebody yell, Open them! Open them! <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a joke. It was like, yeah. you know, so that yeah. would have to... If you were the producer and the art director and all that of that particular show, and you were responsible for the live everything, and that one thing is going to haunt you for the rest of your life. It would, because you'd be like, Ugh. And there was only uh, three musical numbers. Uh, there was oh, yeah. two Slumdog Millionaire songs, and one was Peter Gabriel's song from Wally, which Peter Gabriel refused to uh, get up. I don't know who it was who sang it for him. It was the guy who sang the other in, the other song as well. Right, okay. He had another song. Like an the R&B guy, who guy sang it. No, it was the guy who sang. One guy sang a song from Slumdog, and another guy sang a song from Slumdog, and he sang his song too. Absolutely not. There was three guys. Was um, it? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely not. Are you I sure? watched it really close. Yeah, um, there was the two Indian guys who sang the Slumdog songs, and then there was the American guy. It looked like a R and B guy to me who got up and, and sang with them and danced, and they no, it all three sound of them danced. American. To. Oh, he totally was. But I, I don't know if it's Brian McKnight or somebody like that. Um, hmm. But anyway, they only had, they had these three guys. It was a little did, disappointing because I like the musical They did two numbers. songs from Slumdog and then Peter Gabriel's song was sung by somebody else, which was really... When Peter Gabriel was sat in the audience watching. Just looking. Like, but, yeah. But anyway, I, um, I don't... 
The no. reason he wouldn't sing his song is because they were gonna. They did the montage. They cut the songs down and gave him three minutes to cram all three songs. In fact, together. they did it as a uh, medley. Like yeah, a, yeah, um, wait, yeah, medley. Right, he didn't think montage. that at all, did he? <laughs> He's like, I don't want a medley. I need a full three minutes. Yeah, every other year before we get the full performance. Yeah, I didn't get that song. either. Last year I didn't like it either because too many songs from the same movie. Too many songs. But I like the year that Bjork was on. I've liked other years when Madonna's got up there and done its thing. So. Uh, this year, the song thing was a little bit of a letdown. That was my only... Well, the, the songs I like the music. Songs were good, yeah. Fantastic. But I would like them to have their full performance individually and throughout the show. Like, you know, a third of the way do this one and a two-thirds of the way. Like Unless that. just... Um, the main... The highlight of the whole evening was that Danny Boyle <laughs> actually... You know, I think Danny Boyle... I've always loved him since Shallow Grave. I thought Shallow Grave was amazing. Not many people have probably seen it. Now they will. But then Trainspotting came along, and I was absolutely... I, I just think Trainspotting's absolute... I know he didn't write it, um, but he took the novel and just... I think he made something really unique, even to this day. I don't think there's anything like it. Um, and then there was Millions, and, you know... He, oh, Millions is so good. The guy, I think the guy is amazing, right? He's the Beach. Hmm. Not so much. Um, Life Less Ordinary. Oh, my God, that's so good. You know, he's got a unique... Everything you know to me, he's a real good director. He was the kind of director where I would think I really like him, but not many people are going to have heard of him, and he's never going to get any credit for anything he does. And Slumdog Millionaire comes along, and that happens to be the one that gives him credit. But you know, it's not my favorite of his. I do, I did like the movie, but there's so. If you liked it and you want to see more stuff he did, just go back and look oh, at completely. that because he's consistently quality interesting and thank god he got you know he got you know he didn't just get that he got director he got uh movie of the year they got they got a lot of writing music adapting an original you know adapting anyway, he got his uh it was his night he got his comeuppance so that was good you know because some people like scorsese they wait a long time for that crap i mean i mean danny boyle's been around a long time but not as long as some of those guys um, but yeah, that was the highlight of the night for me, for him to get his thing. You were like, yes! You know, and Heath Ledger got the thing, and... Well, don't sound disgusted. What? That sounded a bit like, oh, Heath Ledger got the thing. Well, was... I do think that that... He also got that <laughs> same one in the the awards before it. I do I do think it was a sympathy one. Why? Because I think some of those other performances are better than that. Which one? Um... I would have to look it up. Philip Seymour Hoffman, probably. I mean, I haven't seen the whole movie, but those scenes that I see... You also like Robert Downey Jr.? In I wouldn't give it Robert Downey Jr. I just thought that would have been... Because that was... I always, That's funny that Tropic Thunder got up there. It is. To me, I mean, it's just weird, like... Do you think he thought he wouldn't win? I, you know. Robert Downey Jr. said, I made this movie called Tropic Thunder. It was kind of a <laughs> joke, like, and, like, what the hell? I seen him on it. Was he was on the red carpet saying, "I can't even believe I'm here <laughs> for that because, like, really, you know, it's not. Does it really fit in with Philip Seymour Hoffman? And you know, the that thing is, though, if they nominated Heath Ledger and you're up against him, you don't want to beat him. No, you he's don't. Gone. And was, yeah, he got was a the, lovely. I mean, why not? He's never going to have ever the opportunity. I did think it was. A, I did life, think it was a good performance. Are alive ever? I did think it was a good performance. The Joker. Um... But I also think, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't just good though. It was that thing where you're you are compelled by him. 
every time he gets up on that screen. He's the best thing about The Dark Knight. I agree. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> so, the other stuff, well, Oscars, uh, games I've been playing this week. Now, we just played a PlayStation Network game, which, apart from making you feel sick, so let's just, let's just put that out of the equation. Yeah, yeah. Because you get motion sickness from games, and uh, when I'm watching a game, this one in particular, I could, I, I don't get it, but I could totally understand it. Um, but anyway, this game's called Flower. It's a PlayStation Network game that you download. It's not a disc game. Um, it costs nine dollars, I believe. You get, you know, and it's. You might want to explain the game. What is it? It is. Um, you start off. You are a plant sitting on a shelf. In an apartment in a city, which is kind of grim and dark, petal falls off of you, and you begin the experience. I'm like, I call it a game. Uh, and you're then transported out to, like, a pasture or a field where you use your, the, what's it called? Six-axis controls. Six-axis controls, which means as you tip the controller, it moves yeah, your thing. in fact, so. you don't use buttons. No, there's no buttons. You just yeah. move it, and you are... You said you felt like the wind is your character. Like I'm the wind, yeah. But you're the pedal, and then you follow these trails of where these um, closed-up flowers, as you pass over the flowers, they open up, and then, excuse me, they that then will oh, like, make all the grass go green, and then make trees grow, and whatnot, and as you go through the experience, it sort of is a reflection of industrialization. There's electricity that starts coming to your nice, beautiful pasture land, and then there's sort of a darkness that comes over, and and then that's what you're working. You go from this lovely feeling of, like, ah, open nature, and then you're like... Ugh. Urbanization. Yeah, urbanization, industrialization, and then um, I think your interpretation was. It just shows uh, nature is great and people are all right, and then we just screw everything up. <laughs> and now, then we need to go back to nature kind of thing. Yeah, that's see, that's what I got from it, right? Now, I've listened to many podcasts over the last couple of weeks, and I, I'm kind of late to the party with Flower, I guess, because uh, I did get it the day it came out, but we didn't really go through it all. We just played one of the levels, and then we mm-hmm. ended up finishing it off today. Um, now, people have said they were emotionally, they went on an emotional journey, they were sobbing, they were crying... Um, I don't believe anyone said sobbing. No, I, you... I I actually did read somebody was sobbing. All right. Um, okay. I don't know who that was. I think it might have been an IGN thing. Um, I heard all kinds of things like that. It meant so much to them. Now, I appreciate this Genoa Chen, he's called. He's the guy who made Float. I appreciate his games. Um... Because they're very different, you know. This is a different kind of game. But then, when I when I said to you, visually, it's amazing. I think, um, but the actual physical playing in it, and I've said it to you more than once while I was playing, I feel like I'm playing Pac-Man. Now, I'm not talking about running away from ghosts. I'm talking about it's just a straight up collect stuff in a straight line, pretty much. Like just go around. And well, you're not in a straight line. I mean, you follow the dots. I don't mean a straight line. I mean it's presented to you in a. Quite but, yeah, there is no off the track. There is no. There's anything. no like go over here to find extra things or whatever. It's more like here's the line of things. Follow it. I wonder if if you just sat alone and played it from start to finish, like the people that you're talking about. I think you would have had a different experience than just playing a little bit and having me sitting there and anticipating watching a movie afterwards. All that stuff plays into it. Where if you just sat down in a singular, I don't experience. think it would have moved me in any way. I don't. 
I think you would have had a different experience. You wouldn't have cried because you don't. But I mean, you would have been. You would have. No, I can't even see the where the together. crying. Co- even somebody who does cry, I don't get what. Where would the crying part come in? Well, because that you you understand that we're just fucked up. We ruin everything. Like life is like we just trample over everything. I think Mister Mister uh, Smith said it best. You know, in the Matrix, humans were like a disease. You oh, know? Yeah. We just. Tr- ruin everything and suck out the resources and then we move on somewhere else and we do it again and again. And you can't again. stand our stench. And if you already have that in your mind, even a little bit, that the rat race is getting you down or whatever. I mean, I can't put it into words for other people. But to sit through that and to think about a simpler life than being wrapped up in all the bullshit of materialism and money and yeah, you know, all that stuff. Can we put like a different spin on the game though? Is something I thought of. It's been mentioned, but I thought of it before. Okay, so simpler life, don't mess things up. We're playing this game on a $400 electric guzzler with a big screen. It's a contradiction, right? I guess, but we don't even know if that's their point, so... Well, what I'm saying is if that is the point, go back to natural resources, the wind... I don't think necessarily go back to it. I think find a better balance than what... We're not talking about pack up and sell all your shit and go live in the forest. I mean, find a better balance so that we're not just... And it kind of reflects the movie in a weird way. That if given the blindness, if given the opportunity in a situation where everything is stripped away from you and you go back to basics, caring for each other and nurturing each other and being decent human beings to one another and sort of starting there again. But there's always some asshole who's going to come along and mess it up. And a a group of people have the mentality to just crush everything and get what they can out of it and and move on. It's the same kind of mentality, I think. But anyway, this game is called Flower. But anyway, it's like you want me to move on. No, I'm just saying, this game is called Flower. It's available only on the PlayStation Network. And you just pay your $10 and you get it. I would say it's a... Probably about... If you play it start to finish in one sitting, you'd probably only last about an hour, the whole thing, right? Well, I don't know. We sat there more than half an hour just doing those two little levels. Not two hours, though. Like, between an hour and two hours for the whole... Because it's only five... If you're just going to sit and play it all the way through, yeah. Um, But if somebody's going to watch it, or you're going to watch somebody play it, be prepared. I actually think it's worth the money, because I actually felt like I had an interesting experience out of it. For ten bucks, I think? I think it was an interesting... It's something you don't see every day. You, you see, you know, I play a lot of games, mm-hmm. and that is definitely a unique game. It's really visually interesting, I think. I like how it looks. I'll, you can even render, like, every blade of grass when you're sweeping through the grass. It's uh, interesting. Um, I'd recommend it. Maybe not to everybody. To anyone with an open mind. Yeah, you know. Um, if you're just going to do it and then bitch and moan because it's not a real game, just don't do it. Oh, it is a, it is a game. It's, in <laughs> I'm fact, saying, it's, it's you've a, heard people say yeah, it. Yeah. Man, it's not a game. But it really is. Like, um, That's one thing where people have said, oh yeah, this isn't a game, it's not. No, it is a game because there's objectives. And the only way you get to the end is to do the mm-hmm. game. Ca- it's kind of set up like a game. But there's no way to fail, though. That's why There I is absolutely no way to fail, no way to die. There's, there's no, no measure threats. of it. There is some threats at some point. Don't want to really... Yeah. But not, it's not particularly threats where like you will have to start again. No, no. no. But anyway, that's a uh, flower. The other game I've been playing this week 
is a 50 cents Blood on the Sand. Now, this is an interesting game because I in absolutely... <laughs> in fact, I loathe 50 Cent. <laughs> you know his music. I loathe his music. I loathe what he says. I think it's bullshit. The game's actually pretty good, interestingly enough. I have to kind of, when I'm playing it, forget that it's 50 Cent. And let's be me sitting over here listening to it. And I say, the game sounds like bullshit. So there you go. No, it's, well, it's let me just say monotonous and boring, and it's a constant. You stream haven't listened of, to it. I did. I've listened to it I twice. Mean, play, and that's why I ended up going in the other room. No. Yes. I only I've only played it at night <laughs> with Ray. I don't know. No, you played it twice in the very beginning. Maybe just for a few minutes. Maybe you quit right. as soon as I left. But I was like, oh my god, I'm not gonna sit and listen. This is just boring and like. Ugh. Well, it's not boring anyway. It's um to listen to it is right. Okay, it's a uh, it's a cross between Gears of War, really Army of Two. And the club, which are three shooters from last year, um, but on one hand it's not as good as any of them. On another hand, it does things better than they all do. Uh, but it's got Fifty Cent in it, right? If it didn't have Fifty Cent in it for me, it would be better because he's, you know, he spouts bullshit all the time. Like he says the N word. Like, in fact, saying the N word is actually a gameplay mechanic. Because when you shoot somebody, you've got this taunt button which multiplies your score. And when you press it, he'll say a comment like, word up, N-word, or you mother-effing N-word. You know, he says that actually out loud, and that actually gives you more points. So that's odd. But anyway, the game actually plays pretty good. It's got co-op, so you can play through with a friend. The story is absolutely ridiculous. 50 (laughs) 50 cents playing a concert. The concert promoter at the end of the concert refuses to pay the three million dollars or whatever he charges for a concert and 50 cent has this crystal skull now i'm not talking like indiana jones's crystal skull i'm talking like a human skull with crystals embedded in it that's Uh. worth a lot of money that this promoter not only does he not pay him he steals the skull and nicks off to the middle east oh my god (laughs) hence blood on the sand and then 50 Cent and the G-Unit, which is his little crew, have to go to the Middle East to fight this faction of evil promoters. <laughs> evil promoter that has hired mercenaries to protect the Crystal Skull because he wants it. 50 Cent can't have it back. That's the whole story. Well, when you say it like that, it just sounds silly. <laughs> I, I was thinking, like... Maybe that, maybe, I don't know. Did you ever have a moment when you thought, "Mm, am I wasting this time of my actual life? I am growing older. Am I really sitting here playing this game? But like I say, the game's actually good. It's sound in every way. In fact, we were saying to each other, me and Ray playing it, it's actually better than um, Army of Two. Because the mechanics are completely, like Army of Two was a bit janky in parts. Everything's perfect in this. The aiming's right, the... The enemies are just right, you know, everything... Could you mute it? You could, but it wouldn't... Anyway, I I did find an interesting thing. If anybody's out there playing it and they really hate 50 Cent's music, and I absolutely... 50 Cent's music to me is absolute... Vile. It's it's vile. It's it's all about... I mean, I had 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 it on for a little while, and it's all like, I'm going to fuck that hoe, and I'm going to steal that car, and I'm going to put a cap in that guys it really is like so it's just bullshit like I mean poison I like poison yeah well what he says 
you know, some rap I really like. LL Cool J for, uh, is one of them. I always find his lyrics to be kind of interesting. This guy, 50 Cent, it's just all, you know, pussy this, fuck that. It's, <laughs> it's really, to me, it's like saying nothing. It's just saying, like, what people want to hear or something, you know. And anyways, I had it on for a little while, and then I found a nice little trick. If you go into the options screen, and there the music player is, if you remove all the music tracks from the music player with the X button, remove, 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 because you can make your own little playlist of his, of his favourite song, of your favourite songs of his, if you have any. I have none, so I took <laughs> them all away. And then it turns the whole game into instrumental versions of all his music, so you don't have to listen to his bullshit. Oh, interesting. Which is fine, because his music sounds all right. It's just like, you know, yeah. scratching and breakbeats. But then you don't hear his bullshit. So there's my little pro tip. <laughs> if you don't want to hear 50 Cent's bullshit, remove all the tracks from the playlist. The other game I'm playing is uh, Puzzle Quest Galactrix, which is on the PC, also on the Nintendo DS this week. It's Puzzle Quest from the last Puzzle Quest, which was like a... Bejeweled meets RPG. <laughs> and it was a uh, Bejeweled meets kind of Warcraft RPG Puzzle Quest 1. This is Puzzle Quest Galactrix, which takes it into into space. So you're playing through this story of you as the commander of this starship. And every encounter is actually a game of Bejeweled, but with like certain... You have to get... ten. Pu- you have to clear 10 purple gems on this one. Or on this one, you've got 30 seconds to clear the board. Or, you know... Huh. So... It takes an RPG and inserts instead of fighting stuff, there's a puzzle every time you fight. It's really good. Would my mother like that? Probably, and it's absolutely addictive. Uh, if you she's start playing, really addictive it. to those games, and it's huge. Like, I mean, you could play it for months because it's like you, you're traveling the star system and you're unlocking things. And I'd yeah, buy huge. that for. Yeah, it's probably. I think it costs ten dollars. Oh yeah, definitely. Or Shella, my sister. But she it's really good, and it's like. You know, the other puzzle quest was good too, but you level up your character because you have like a character who's like going through this story with all these text bubbles and stuff. You're following this story, but then every so often you're doing this bejeweled. Hmm. And it's it's cool. I like it. Um, so I'd recommend that. It's on the DS and the PC. It's coming to Xbox Live Arcade very soon. I think it costs $10. Very nice. But I think it's a good one. Um, and then... That's it for me this week. What about you? <laughs> that was a lot. That was like 40 minutes, I think, just of you talking. <laughs> um, for me, what's for dinner? Spaghetti bolognese, as per your request. Is that ready? Because I'm very hungry. It is not ready, but it will be ready shortly. Um, and that's really it for that. I bought a bunch of fresh vegetables and stuff the other day, yesterday, this morning, whenever it was I went to, got off work. I get confused when I get off work at 7 in the morning on Sunday. And Can I also say that you um, do, you're having like a... Um, eat less meat kind of mm-hmm. and this week you made and I will try anything as you know I, I will literally try anything <laughs> he will if you s- he ate raw tempeh now yeah it's like it was vile but I it tried was it <laughs> you did but anyway this week and I am not really a fan of tofu at all and you made a tofu curry and you did the tofu in a certain way and you also fried some tofu which I tried mm-hmm. I actually liked it both times. It was good. The, the curry was... When you said you said when you were eating the curry. I didn't actually have the curry, but I had some of it. But you said when you were eating the curry, well, the tofu parts are not my favourite parts. You kind of get bored of it. I personally disagree because I actually enjoyed every piece and I had quite a few. So, um... I got some more. Tofu's not as bad as, um... 
But I did put a raw piece of tofu in my mouth, and that's not very nice. Yeah, no, I did it the certain way. Like you drain, you squeeze it, freeze it, squeeze it, slice it, marinate it in something, whatever you want. Could be anything. You marinate it in mustard sauce. Mm-hmm. Or, Just yeah, sprinkle some on there and let it soak in. You don't even have to. I don't think cooking it in curry. I think that pretty much overrides. That'll soak in anything. And I would probably cook it longer the next time. But yeah, it was really good. So I, tonight. I'm still toying. I don't. I don't know. I got enough hamburger to make the Wait, spaghetti I was, sauce. I was going to say to you, why don't we just have the sauce on on pasta? Sure. I bought half a pound of hamburger, but I would. You don't have to put any meat. In. Excellent. And I bought other vegetables. I've never cooked, or I think I've had eggplant once in my life. So I bought an eggplant. I bought a big parsley. I kind of like eggplant. I'm going to try I've it. Never been I've read one. some methods for people who don't like it because of the texture and stuff. And I've read some methods kind of like I've with had the it tofu in ratatouille. I think I've had it where it's like. Grilled with like cheese sprinkled ah. on it, you know. Mm. I've had Roasted is one of the famous. I've so, had it grilled with cheese. We'll try that sometime over the next few days. But that's where I'm for dinner: spaghetti, and I got some stuff to make nachos, and I got an avocado to make guacamole. One guacamole. So I'm gonna make one guacamole. And you've also got work injury hurts when I poke it. <laughs> that's what it's hurts like. when I poke it. Uh, this weekend, I work on Saturday every other Saturday night, and I was, I'm kind of notorious for at night. There's just two or three of us there at a time, maybe four at the most. And in this one room, I'm alone for the whole 12 hours. So I get a little stir crazy and I move stuff around or I'll go find things and put them in places where they're not supposed to be. And I work in a data center, which is full of computers and whatnot. So there's always a, a room or a cubicle somewhere in the building or in our area where they put loads of surplus things. Well, we had this one really crappy 1990, I think, flat panel, no, flat panel monitor. And, I mean, really old. We're talking the earliest adopter kind of old flat screen. Really crap. I can barely read it very well. It's really small. So I'm on a search. I find a bigger one, a nice big Dell one, you know. I'm going to change it out knowing I'm not supposed to. I'm not supposed to go take something from surplus and use it. I don't know why. It's like you're supposed to fill out some paperwork, which I don't do. So I just, at night, I'm like, hey, nobody's here to stop me. So I'm doing it. And at the same time, when I'm trying to do the cables, the whiteboard falls. The big whiteboard that's kind of screwed to the back of this unit, that kind of in a janky way anyway, and it falls and swings around and bang me. The corner yeah, of it bang me right above my eye. And I all I thought I instantly thought, Ugh, even if this kills me, I can't claim workman's comp because I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. <laughs> I shouldn't be on the floor unplugging stuff and plugging stuff in that I shouldn't be so that's one thing I thought was really fun and I have like a bump there and a bruise Matt <laughs> say imagine how blind people feel what do you mean bumping into shit banging their heads I don't even have that as a reason I just was probably that was somebody telling me not the blind people bumping banging me shit. on the head I mean people who suddenly become blind like in that movie yeah that would be going on all the time yeah I don't know about that um and uh my gout hangover you know my doctor told me once that I have this weird, it's like old person, like an old alcoholic man disease. I'm, that's what I read. I know that's not true, but it's called gout. You have a high acid level in your blood or something, and it causes your feet to hurt and whatnot. And I have a low end of the highness of it. It's genetic. And last night I made myself some potatoes and cauliflower and carrots, and apparently potatoes and cauliflower aggravate this and this morning when I woke up I said I feel like I have a gout hangover because my feet were all sore so I'm just telling you if you've been told you have gout don't eat potatoes and cauliflower for one whole meal or one your whole day's nourishment that's all oh, I had right, right. <laughs> and um and that's it gout is just such an awful name it is it's not as awful as goiter but it's 
So um, let me say thanks for listening to the show. Uh, I want to remind you about our websites, ascully.com and sidtalk.com. And you can also go to twitter.com slash ascully or twitter.com slash sidtalk to follow us on Twitter. You can also find our group for this on facebook.com, the uh, After the Show podcast. And you can also, this is something I never mention every week, but you can also find me on Xbox Live. And I am A Scully Live, A S C U L L Y L I V E, if you want to. Ooh, that's risky. Well, you know, if you follow the show, you are, you've always wanted to beat me at Street Fighter or something. But don't expect to harass him and bug him constantly and have him be your friend. No, I will uh, add just you be, as a friend. Just if... be a cool dude who just wants to play sometimes. Yeah, I don't I don't play with jerk-offs. That's what, that's what she's trying to <laughs> no. say. He doesn't um, like any of that. Whatever you said about 50 Cent, just rem- remember that. Yeah. When you're barking <laughs> up his tree. <laughs> you can also... He'll cut you down like a dog. <laughs> I, will, I will... Yeah, I'll just... Knock you off my list. I won't Correct. actually engage in any uh, banter. I'll just knock you off. Anyway, uh, you can find this podcast on iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, or the RSS feed on the site. Go to com, click podcast, listen to all the 59 shows that we've done. Um, you can also email feedback to ascoli at com, not SidTalk, at blah, blah, blah. And... <laughs> I want to say uh, stay classy Julianne Moore because um, I, I, I can watch her in anything. She doesn't have a lot of options. She just is. Yes, I guess she is. And I'm going to say think for yourself because if you don't do it, someone else will do it for you. And we'll see you next week for our review of Milk on Blu-ray. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us. Have a good night. Woo!